Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the north side of the San Francisco Bay to Singapore, welcome to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio with your host, business owner, lecturer, author, master trainer, Tiaja, with over 30 years of experience in the health and fitness industry. He will challenge the fitness between your ears. So prepare your mind, body, and soul for the revolution of self-care, the evolution of fit, with real talk about real people, real health, real fitness, and the real deal behind our present illness culture. Real talk every time, all the time. Get weekly insights on how to shift your thinking, emoting, eating, training, hydrating, goal setting, and resting for you, the everyday athlete. You can cheat your fitness, but you can't steal your health flow. It's Tuesday, 9 a.m. Let's flow. The ancient Greeks believed in three goddesses more powerful than any others. Sometimes they were depicted as a maiden, a matron, and an old hag. Three days after a child was born, they would arrive at the cradle to determine the course of the baby's time on earth. The first goddess spun the thread of life, the second determined the length of the thread, and the third, the most feared, known as the inevitable cut the life thread. Now the child's path was fixed from that moment on. The Greeks called them the Morai. In modern folklore, we know them as the Fates. In 21st century America, not many of us still believe in the three goddesses with their spindle and shears, yet we have replaced them with a modern substitute, genetics. Western medicine still believes that there are diseases and disorders that are 100% genetically determined. No matter how you live or where you live, if you have the genetic predisposition for certain conditions, you will inevitably fall victim to them. This is the modern day equivalent of the Mirai. And according to the proselytes of of veganism, the only way to escape this inescapable fate is through veganism. And anyone who doesn't believe this is no longer a proselyte, they're an apostate. Welcome to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio. I'm your host, Tiaja. Today is Tuesday, November 7, 2017. And on today's show, episode 14, we will continue our discussion on veganism, what they don't want you to know. Last week, we briefly touched on the ism behind veganism, what it meant and what it means for those who adopt a vegan lifestyle. In some people's minds, the very nature of these episodes have brought into question my intentions. For instance, am I bashing veganism and for what purpose? Well, I can assure you I have no skin in this game as such other than to stimulate thought. Whether you're a vegan or not is not my issue. I'm concerned about people and more specifically about their health. That's my end game. It has always been. Look, I get it. I don't know too many rational people who would argue against the merits of eating mostly green, colorful things from the soil. Whatever empowers you to make healthier choices, I'm all in. Having said that, I do have several issues with veganism, but they have more to do with vegans and their 
ideological extremism than with veganism itself. For instance, I have no, I have absolutely no qualms with eating vegetables. Most adults I know don't. Personally, I love all sorts of raw, lightly steamed and sautéed veggies. My main issue, however, is being told I have to eat them. And secondly, that I'm breaking natural laws and violating all ten of the commandments because I choose to eat otherwise. I understand the argument intellectually, but I equally understand that this is a false moral equivalency. Let me ask you, do you think it's possible to eat meat and still maintain the values many vegans hold sacrosanct? I for one do believe it's possible. Here's a fact that hurts most vegans and that is the sad reality that human beings have essentially conquered the forest and supplanted the annual grasses that weren't willing to be domesticated with crops that were willing by introducing monocrops. Relative to corn, soy, and wheat, human beings have indeed conquered the plant world. But this relationship, no matter how damaging to the environment, has served as a mutually beneficial one to both humans and certain crops and grains like corn, soy, and wheat. They've increased their rate of survival exponentially while humans were able to produce a food source that was relatively inexpensive in terms of dollars and cents and hardy in an agricultural environmental sense. The reality is most grasses nor plants are willing to change their genome for us, but plants like corn, wheat, and soy did just that. And though these were cultivated independent relationships, in nature everything thrives on such relationships. For example, we wouldn't have plants covering much of the planet if it weren't for the insects. Insects get sugar out of the deal and the plants get pollinated within the cysts from the insects. The relationship is interdependent. Everyone benefits from this symbiotic relationship. Funny how we, the most intelligent of animals, can't seem to figure out a way to create such symbiotic natural relationships within our own species. But I digress. The vegan's argument always borders on morality, as if being vegan alone immediately grants you with some higher consciousness where your moral compass now hovers over the rest of, uh, rest of the evil meat-eating world. Yet one would think that with such large moral and ethical footprints that vegans would be more sensitive and to all suffering and injustice in the known universe. But alas, come to find out that they're just human like the rest of us. I've had clients who have been vegan as long as they could remember and later in life became omnivores, only to lose those relationships. Some even lost their businesses on account of them leaving veganism. Would you listen to what one former vegan, Lear Keith, had to say about fearing for her safety after she declared she was no longer vegan and wrote a controversial book on the subject titled Vegan Myths Debunked. Because of the way we are designed as human beings. And you talk about that a lot in your book. Um, t tell me a bit about that and as someone who is really more of an environmentalist and more of an animal rights person, how you sort of rectify that. So I have a 90-pound dog too. Oh, there you go. What kind of dog? 
I have a great Pyrenees. Oh, well, you know what? This is a Doggo Argentino. And if you're familiar with the breed, okay, yeah. Know them, yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. Pyrenees is part of the, it gives them the big square head. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I got my dog for protection. So I'm really, she's fabulous. Anyway, I put her outside. Wait, wait. Protection um, from vegans? Interviews. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get a lot of death threats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not going to be able to follow through. Listen. You la- oh, they're too exhausted. I know. They're um, too exhausted. And they're not necessarily pro Second Amendment people. I mean, I tell everyone, listen. I don't even I don't even invest in alarm system. I have shotguns out the wazoo and a ninety pound dog. But you know, that's I get death threats from the from the most. You're looking at my alarm system when oh, I do these interviews. That's my alarm system. I want them to see that. And I have a dog and I have a permit to carry. So oh, uh, there's only you. so many. Yes. No. I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment as well. Um, I think people have a right to defend themselves, and especially when you live under this kind of you know just constant harassment um there's a point past which you just have to take it seriously sure. and i do so they're oh, crazy absolutely. people there. absolutely I, mean, I was telling you about the last comments i got on youtube right before i came yeah. on I, I can't even repeat it on air that's um, horrible yeah very anti-semitic very you know homophobic yeah. even though i'm not jewish or gay but uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't throw matter they can at you and hope that some of it sticks that's what they want is just to hurt you and, so. and i've read the most horrible things about you to the point that honestly when i first heard about you I thought like, oh, this is this is a this has got to be like a right wing Sarah Palin, a hunting wolves kind of chick, who no. the vegans are just furious with. That's not the case at all. How, how did this transition not. occur? And do you think that even makes them more mad because it's kind of like a Muslim yes. convert who needs to be executed? I'm an apostate. Yeah, that's small. That's exactly it. So. Yeah. All right. So you had this other question, a real question that it was about environmentalism. So the thing that I did not know when I was 16, there's two parts to this. One is that agriculture is the most destructive thing that people have done to the planet. And I can walk you through that if you want to hear about it. So I thought that I was eating this peaceful, loving, sustainable, you know, totally compassionate diet. And it's not true. It is the most destructive human activity. Um, And those were the foods I was eating as somehow thinking that this was peaceful and compassionate. It's not. It's biotic cleansing is what it is. And, you know, we've wiped out 98% of the old-growth forests and somewhere around 90% of the world's prairies have been destroyed, mostly in the service of agriculture. So for anyone to say that, you know, wiping out the massive amounts of habitat for every living creature that needs a home, um, there's, there's nothing that's environmentally sound about this. In fact, I've got all kinds of wonderful quotes from, you know, very serious people about the fact that this cannot be done sustainably, that it's an absolute Therein lies my main issue with veganism as a cultural movement that's only been around since the late 1940s. The fact that so many Hollywood actors and musicians have converted to a vegan diet is no less unsettling. Look, vegans make up no more than 0.05% of the U.S. population, yet there are tons of videos on YouTube, including the Netflix sensation, What the Health, which is no more than a vegan propaganda indie, that extols the virtues of the vegan lifestyle as if as if it's more evolved than any other one. If you're going to create this great moral equivalency between animals and humans, then why isn't plant life just as important? The truth is, plants don't want to be eaten either, which is why many of them are inedible unless we cook them. Many plant species have devised a system to fight back against being eaten. They call them anti-nutrients. And since plants can't run, though they do move or have wings, teeth, or claws, their only defense is chemical. Plants, in fact, are the original chemical warfare agents. They know how to make chemicals that harm their predators in order to protect themselves and their offspring, if you will. 
This is why so many of their seeds are so difficult to eat. In fact, you almost have to trick plant seeds to make them edible. That's also why plants are bitter and poisonous because at the end of the day, they too don't want to end up on someone's plate. Another reason why most are inedible to us is that we don't have the multiple chambers in our stomachs nor the bacteria to, di to digest cellulose. So most of the plants on the planet will never be edible for human consumption. And even those that are only release their nutrients to us once heat is applied. Still the vegans hierarchy, at least on the surface, seems to suggest that plants don't matter. That they are indeed just slightly above the lifeless dirt they come from. And if that's the case, should the lives of plants matter at all? After all, aren't plants, since plants don't feel pain or feel anything for that matter, why should they matter? So that means we can just help ourselves to plants without regard for the environment, right? Or are plants a part of a more intricate biosphere? And if removed, the entire biosphere collapses. Look, every civilization that has ever existed around agriculture has ultimately collapsed because living solely off agriculture is not sustainable. Such civilizations thrive between 800 and 2000 years, then they die. Why? Because they inevitably destroy the topsoil and that is essentially what Big Agra has done. Choosing to be vegan must go beyond what's dead on your plate and the larger question considered what died in the process for it to be there. Let's take a brief look at some of the numbers I think you'll find fascinating. One tree holds 22,000 gallons of water. That's one tree. Now once you remove that tree or other trees through deforestation, you alter the weather patterns which relies on the cycle of condensation to sustain itself. 5,000 hectares per hour are destroyed. One hectare is equivalent to 100 acres of land. According to the World Resources Institute, the UN Food and Agricultural Organization, the burning of fossil fuels for energy and, ag and animal agriculture are two of the biggest contributors to global warming along with deforestation. Globally, fossil fuel-based energy is responsible for about 60% of human greenhouse emissions, they say, with deforestation and animal agriculture between 14 and 18% respectively. Yet, according to the United States Department of Agriculture and Economic Research, in 2013, agriculture was responsible for 80 to 90 percent of u.s water consumption whereas growing feed for livestock consumed 56 percent of water in the u.s agriculture not animal farming is also responsible for 98 percent of all topsoil on the earth being gone that's a fact that most vegans aren't willing to accept nor deal with the truth Agriculture has been and is the most destructive thing humans have ever done to the planet. Entire ecosystems, in fact, have been destroyed due to agriculture alone. Not to mention the sobering reality that agriculture has unleashed upon the world other isms like imperialism, militarism, as well as colonialism, slavery, chronic hunger, and disease. 
Such monocrops breed murder. The grains we've domesticated and cultivated have dramatically increased the growth rate of beef cattle as well as the milk production of dairy cows, yet it also kills them. The delicate balance, bacterial balance of a cow's rumen actually goes acid with the ingestion of so much grain while chickens get fatty liver disease from overconsuming them. But don't expect any help from the government. Remember the food pyramid was created by the USDA, even against the hushed backlash of many medical professionals who warned what unleashing such a diet and experimenting with public health would do to the health of the individual citizen in the long term. Today we can see they were right. Especially when you consider the incidence of diabetes and autism and ADHD and Alzheimer's alone. Such diseases have increased a hundredfold as in the case of autism, which has increased nearly 400% over the last 20 years. Adult onset diabetes now afflicts children under the age of 10 years of age. The bottom line is the USDA is not charged with protecting public health. They are charged with selling commodity agriculture. The exorbitant amounts of money the food pyramid makes for the giant food corporations is staggering, to say the least. Crony capitalism, the relationship between corporations and the government, is responsible for the big farm subsidies where farmers have essentially become serfs who are hired by the federal government to take care of land it owns in return for a small payout for basing for basic operating expenses, which means the modern-day farmer is bound to the land and subject to the will of its owner, the government. You know, interestingly enough, the, the word vegetarianism comes from the Greek, which means to enliven. It doesn't mean to eat vegetables. Physiologically, veganism and vegetarianism provide many of the essential nutrients and phytochemicals that assist the body in slowing down the aging process, but no diet is 100% foolproof against disease. Still, if I'm making a conscious decision to take into my body foods that enliven me, that certainly goes a long way towards health. Eating vegan without the consciousness and knowledge of what is going on in your body or what it is doing to your body, not just short term, but long term. It's the only way to sustain long-term health when going plant-based. Just giving up on animal proteins doesn't ensure health. It's similar to the notion of eating organic. Eating organic is meaningless today because organic doesn't mean it has been grown with consciousness. So a person even moving into organic eating isn't necessarily eating a healthier diet. Well, certainly healthier than eating McDonald's french fries, but that still doesn't address the overarching possibility of malnutrition because of the lack of nutrients in the soil. The ugly reality is this, that in order to sustain human life, something else must die. The question remains, is there a spiritual component to life that once connected to our consciousness compels us to view the sanctity of all life. Should all life be counted sacred? If the cow we use for steak and burgers or the pig we use for ribs and bacon possesses a consciousness, or if the plants we eat with their advanced communication systems 
have a higher purpose? Should we be willing to ignore them for the sake of taste and pleasure? And with all this confusion over veganism versus paleo versus pescatarian versus vegetarian, what should we eat? And how has what we eat become a part of a totalizing persona that defines us as human beings? Dear friends, I wish above all things that you be in health and that you prosper just as your soul prospers. You have been listening to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio with your host, Tiaja. Please join us next week as we discuss the now controversial subject of what should we eat. And don't forget to check out our website at www.urbanxfitness.net. There you can check out our online clothing store, the Urban Experience Fits Store 1 and 2, our nutrition shop, and coming soon, our online bookstore and electronic store featuring our upcoming release, The Ten Seeds, Planet for Health, along with other powerful authors and ebooks written to challenge the fitness between your ears. Until then, always walk in health and peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.